Well, good morning and welcome to Victory Faith. It's another awesome Sunday. The weather is amazing outside. Who was blown away by how many fifth graders we have going into sixth grade? I'm telling you, there's just so much there and I can't unpack it all right now, but we have the, this is beautiful right here. The church is on fire. It's June. We're all here today. Um, but to look to the future of the church is just even brighter than it is even right now. And if you're excited about what God is doing in your life right now, get even more excited about what he's about to do in the lives of our teenagers. Um, just, if I can just make you focus on one thing, when you see a child or if you see a teenager, don't see what maybe they're doing right now, right? Like, they're gonna be having some fun, right? Look into their heart. Look into what God is doing into their soul and see that and draw that out of them. And that's who we're called to be. That's who we're supposed to be as Christians and leaders. Look into what God is doing in them. Find the things, draw it out of them. And, and that will be the future of a successful church the way God wants it to be. And so if I can just tell you to do that, do that now. Um, I want to share a few things here. If you are new here with us today, thank you so much for choosing to spend your, your Sunday morning with us. I just want to say hey, and Victory Faith, will you welcome our guests today? Say hey to them for us. If you are new here today, will you grab your connection card out of your worship guide when you came in and fill that out, and after the service is over, take that out to the hub. We've got a gift for you. We wanna celebrate you and say thank you for coming out today. Uh, and then also at the bottom of that connection card is a prayer card. Uh, a verse that I was reading this morning, and I'll read it a little bit later, is that the prayer of a righteous person, uh, God hears those, they're powerful. And it's important to know that our prayer team is filled with righteous people. And those are the people who will be praying for your prayer requests. So when you put that in and you have something going on in your life, whether you think it's small or not, put it in there and a righteous person will be praying for that and things will move, things will change. If you've put them in there before, you know. You know what's about to happen. Things are about to start happening and changing. Sometimes you're ready for it, sometimes you're not. But it will be good and it will be of God. So thank you for doing that that. Um, a couple other things. On your way out today, if you are a part of our church and you've been here for any time, you're, if you call this your home, we would love to invite you to start tithing and off, giving offerings to the church uh, so that we can continue to do, do the ministry that God is asking us to do. Uh, if you are new here today, that is not what I'm asking you to do. You are here. This is a gift for you. We're so thankful just to have you with us today. Do not worry about that one bit. Um, a couple things I want to share with you. It is rally day today. What is that? If you haven't been here before, uh, we are rallying to sign up for small groups, and that's what my message is going to be about today. So that's all I'm going to share about that right now, but uh, we have 12 amazing small groups out there ready for you to jump into relationship, and I, I want to start off by sharing some important uh, times in my life where I needed uh, authentic community, and when I didn't have it, to times when I did have it and it helped me. And I wanna share that with you. So when I, I've been a pastor on staff at a church for, this is the 15th year, but I was on staff full-time starting in 2010. And 2010, I was at a church, and then the next church I went to after that, there was a church, and they had small groups in their church. And you want to know, this is, I have to humble myself to even say this because it's embarrassing. I, I said to myself that I'm a pastor, so I don't need a small group. 
and it's humiliating now to say that uh, because I thought that being on staff at a church, that was my small group, and it's, that's just not the truth, and I told myself that, and Anna and I went through, in our first years of marriage, some of the most difficult things that we've ever gone through, and since then, we've topped that. You know how that goes. It gets worse and worse, uh, but guess what? Um, in that first experience, we weren't in a small group. We weren't in relationship with people. Like, I was on staff at a semi-decent-sized church, but was talking to no one about what was going on in my life, and I didn't have relationships to share what was going on, the pain I was experiencing, the, the depression I was probably in, the things that were hitting me the hardest, and I didn't have that. But if you fast forward five years, I was on staff at another church that let me tell you, this was a blessing. Our pastor required our staff to be in small groups. We believed in it that much that we were required to be in it. And I was like, oh boy, this is going to stretch me. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to stretch me. And so I was in a small group, and guess what? Things started to get pretty bad. So we were foster parents. If you've ever been a foster parent or, or parented or helped out with foster care, it's difficult. Um, we had things really extremely go bad at one point, but we were in relationship with other people in the church. We had been in small groups, and we had, we had given our lives to other people in a very vulnerable way. And when that happened, when the thing just happened in our life, it was that moment. There were dozens of people who just stopped everything to be there for us. They prayed for us. They were with us in person with us, loving us. They were standing with us, beside us as we were trying to get things done. Um, people were taking off work to help us with things going on in our life. And that, when I look at the Bible, and I'm going to read a verse to you here in a minute, when I look at the Bible, that is what the church looks like. When we have things going on, we stop everything to help the people around us, and that is what church is all about. It, it is this. It is a time to come together, worship God, and celebrate what's going on. It's a Sunday morning service, but it is small groups. It is authentic community during the week also. And so I'm going to start off by saying authentic relationships are necessary for spiritual growth. It is necessary. Yes, you have God. He is completely available to you. But he said himself that we have to be in authentic relationships with each other in order to really grow the way he wants us to. He wants us to have the relationships with each other. So we base these small groups on the Acts church, the very beginning of the church in the Bible. When we, and I'll look at that verse in just a minute. Just That is what we are doing here. Is this the way that we're always going to do it? it? It is not always going to be the model that works the best. Has church changed since you've been in church? Yes. Has church changed over the last decades? Yes, it's, it's changed. But right now, we believe that this is the best way to do it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. Why would I waste my time, waste our energy, our, our resources on something we don't believe in? I believe that this is the best way to create authentic community in our context in this community right now. And so I'm going to read in Acts 2, 46 through 47. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Small groups. They didn't call it that, but that's what it was. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. The, it, community in the early church was in, extremely significant. 
It was significant. It was, it was daily. And if you think once a week coming to church or another small group is difficult for our schedules, it means we've got things out of proportion. We've got things maybe out of control. We're doing too much of another thing. If God says, this is what we need to do, then we do what he says to do, and then we base everything else off of that. And so that's, that might be the most difficult part is creating priorities based on God telling us what he wants us to do. So I cannot overstate the power of community. In my own life, I've seen it happen in other people's lives, and it's just beautiful. And I will say this. We use the word connection. Um, connection is the beginning of community. But connection is more so surface level. Uh, Sunday morning, you come in and you, you, know, you meet someone in the lobby, you smile at them. You're, having, you know, you're just smiling. and have, You may have yelled at your kids on the way to church, but you're smiling, right? And it's, you know, that's connection. But we take connection to the next level when we join community, when we join in relationship with other people, and we get into authentic relationships with other people. And I just got to say this. I love seeing the new sixth graders in here. They're like, not all of them are sitting with their parents. They're just like sitting with other people. That's the coolest thing to me. So I don't want to point anybody out, but there's only two of them, so you know who they are. We need connection in life, though. We need that in our life. Um, I'll, throughout this message today, I'm going to share with you a few things on how we train our small group leaders, because we don't just throw small group leaders in. They actually go through an hour-long training to become a small group leader, because we believe that they are going to shepherd you into a relationship with Jesus. We're not just going to throw someone in who has no uh, experience or no training. We believe that there is some training to be done and we can do that. So we believe life change changes, life change happens in the context of relationships. Meaningful relationships can be very, very, very hard to find especially if you're new to an area or if you're having a hard time uh, finding some friends, you're like trying to look on Facebook and just looking in groups and stuff, and it's, it's difficult. So that is why we create things like small groups and we create things like Rally Day. We don't just have small groups that go on and on and on forever because we want to have a place for you to be able to sign up for a new small group. We want to allow for some of you who are right now listening to this and you're like, man, I've never heard of this, but I want to be a small group leader someday. Well, guess what? You're going to have an opportunity in a few months to do this again because we believe that it needs to be as easy as possible for people because it is an extremely difficult thing to find solid relationships, especially in our culture right now. We don't have front porches anymore. We just go in. We stay in our house, especially when the air conditioning's on. We just stay in the house. We chill and we relax, watch TV, whatever. That's the norm right now. So we are creating an opportunity for you to onboard into a small group relationship with someone else. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the purpose of small groups, the purpose of relationships. Um, the definition of a small group, we like to say that we are not a church with small groups. So it's not just something we do, we are, but we are a church of small groups. So the small groups of our church make up our church. It is what we are. It is who we are in relationship. And so that is the most important part. There are many churches that are doing a similar model to what we're doing with our small groups, and they get to a point where they actually have more people in small groups than they do on their average Sunday morning attendance. And let me tell you, Victory Faith, that is the goal because guess what? 
there will be people that will step foot into your small group that's meeting out on a disc golf course that will never step foot into this church building. Or they might (laughs) because of your small group. But we want to move the needle in people's lives in their relationship with Jesus. It may be very difficult for them to step foot in here, but if we can get them to join you in a small group where you talk about God, where you pray and you spend some time reading a short verse, it gets them thinking about what God is doing in their life, and it makes him relevant in their life then. If you're praying for someone and they've never had anyone pray for them before, that's the opportunity for them to see God move that they would have never had in their entire life. So someday, I pray that this would be a church that we have more people in our small groups than we ever do attending on a Sunday morning service because then we are going to be reaching people who are far from God, and that is the goal of this church. So small groups ensure that there is a place for everyone to be known. You'll see that over the the time, we've seen a 25% increase in attendance, and if the church continues to grow, it's going to be harder and harder to see people that you know every single Sunday. That's just the reality of it. But as we are growing larger, we also want to grow smaller, and that's why we do small groups. We want you to have an opportunity to be in relationship with a small group of people so that you find your place inside of this church in relationship, in authentic community. We want to see you grow uh, larger in your spiritual life. We have to do life together. I want to read Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It should be on the screen here for you. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. This is sacred. This is important. This is what we lost during COVID time. We need this, where we all come together, all of our small groups come together in person on a Sunday morning. Make this a priority in your life. Whatever else tries to come up against it, say, you know, some of these traveling, I'm just going to go there. Some of the traveling sports groups that you have currently, they, they might actually think about switching if they had a couple people come up to them and say, hey, you know, we're at church on Sunday, and is there any way we could move this? If not, this may not be the best thing for me. Pretty hard. I had to do it. I, I mean, I have to do it because this is my job, by the way. Um, but we had football practice or football games on Sundays, and they tried scheduling them in the middle of church. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm not able to do this. And they changed the entire league schedule. I know I'm that guy, right? You're just like, that messed up my whole schedule. But if we have more people who stand up for what they need in their life, then they will start to shift what they are doing. I don't think there's a bunch of people out there scheduling these things saying, oh, we're going to keep all these Christians away from church. No, they're not doing that. They just want to schedule it based on their own schedule, but they'll move it. So start thinking about that when you prioritize this in your life. Um, The purpose of a small group is is fostering a place to connect, a place to protect, and a place to grow. One of the biggest things we train our small group leaders in is gossip. That's the thing that tears a church apart worse than anything. If you've got something going on in your life and it's really extremely difficult to talk about, and then you share it with your small group and then they start blabbing it somewhere else, you're not going to come back. Like, that's it. That is not going to happen in this church. It won't. It's just not going to be part of our DNA. And we cannot have that because if we do that, then we lose all credibility. We lose everything that we're trying to do 
everything that God is trying to do in this place, it will be gone when we start sharing what we hear in a small group or in church or whatever. We have to be strong in that area. The Bible speaks very strongly about that. And so we want to speak very strongly about it also. I want to talk about authentic community. And so I'll go to Proverbs 27:17. Many of you have heard this as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Some of you are in here and you know that God has given you the confidence to have in your relationship with him. Some of you are like I don't have anything to offer. But guess what? You do. You have a lot to offer. You have the gifts and the talents and the things in your life that God has given you specifically and only you to bring into your small group atmosphere to be able to challenge and help and love people. Even if it's just by asking a simple question, then it takes someone's mind off of what they thought so strongly about to start to think about what they actually believe. And so you have something to offer in an authentic community and an authentic relationship with other people. We want to create environments of trust and vulnerability and support. This is a, your small group is going to be a place for you to be open, to, for you to trust other people, for you to gain trust from other people, and to support other people. Do people come into a small group atmosphere just sharing everything all at once? No, it's just few and far between. But once you do it, if you're in a small group, then it's going to open up the door for other people to do it. And that might be exactly why God has called you to the group that you're about to sign up for. Some of our groups study the Bible together. Some of our groups study the Bible together in depth. Most of the groups we have in the summer, I love summer groups. They're mostly fun activity-based groups, but all of them will have an element of talking about the Bible at some capacity. But most of the groups we have this summer are activity-based groups where you get to have fun and do all this stuff. We're doing a game night, just a plug there. Um, it's going to be a blast. We will be talking about the Bible. We will be asking for prayer requests, and we will be praying for you during our time. But some of our groups will be studying the Bible together. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, that's a harsh word, let's talk about that in a second, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for good work. And so the point of studying scripture is to sharpen us. We all need teaching. We all need rebuking at time to time. That's just correcting things that are going on in your life. We need people like that. So when you go into a small group, we should come into it with a humble attitude, being ready to listen to other people before we talk, because our groups are going to be filled with people who are different from us, especially if we're reaching people outside of our church. The day where our small groups are bigger than our church is, it will be the day where we need to walk into a humble in with a humble attitude, ready to hear other people express their thoughts and opinions. Do we change our thoughts and opinions? Probably not. But we allow people to talk and be open because we want to be that type of person the way that Jesus was. He allowed people to be open about their feelings and things. And so we want to be like that also. We want to be a discussion-based church where our, our small groups, people are able to be open and talk about what's going on in their life. Uh, we can engage in discussion. We can, we can engage in meaningful times like that. 
We can share our insights. These are important steps to being in a small group or our deepening and understanding of scripture. You're probably gonna have someone in your small group who may know the word better than you do. And so that's an opportunity for us to grow in that way. All of our groups will have, an app, have a time of prayer. And I, we have trained all of your small group leaders to inter, be intercessors for you. That means they're standing in place for you. They are praying for you daily. Whatever it is that you have going on, or if you haven't mentioned anything, they are going to be praying for you every single day. Prayer is the foundation of our church, and it's important for our small groups to continue to pray also. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Did you see here that confessing your sins, whatever it is that you have in your life that you're holding back that you haven't talked about, maybe you've never talked about it with anyone. God is saying, Yes, obviously we have this relationship with God, and he forgives us for the sins that we've committed, but it's also saying that when we confess our sins to someone else, maybe your small group leader, someone in your group, that's when you find healing. The, the hang-ups, the struggles that you've had in your life, the things that happened maybe decades ago that you've never talked about or you've not worked through, confessing those things to someone else is the, the ticket to finding healing in your life. This is the equation. This is how God brings healing into lives. If we don't have this, I'm not saying you won't be a Christian. I'm saying you're going to limp along as a Christian. You're going to struggle, and I'm not calling that out on your life. I'm just saying that is the reality of how it's going to be. So if we are not in relationship, we're going to miss out on the healing that God wants to do in your life. And many of you, if you've ever confessed something really deep and dark to someone, that moment you do that, there's just this feeling that happens. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit working through you. It's bringing healing into your life that happens. And God brings healing into your life by telling someone else whatever, whatever it is going on in your life. And there is power in the collective prayer. And I want to share with you the end of this verse. It says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So I was sharing this morning in our, we do every single Sunday at 9 a.m. We do a time of prayer because we believe in prayer. I would be willing to, to skip worship practice, cancel the Sunday service, all of that before we cancel the Sunday morning prayer time because that is where things move. That is the only way that anything powerful happens because when we get together and pray together. So the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Again, when you fill out a prayer request, that's going to a righteous person who will pray for you. We want to support each other through prayer, lifting each other's burdens and witnessing God's faithfulness. One of the things I'm trying to get momentum in here at the church is uh, I hear stories of God moving and miracles happening, and I'm, I'm trying to get a better way of recording all of these things so that we can share them with the church and so that we can continue to see what God is doing uh, visibly and, and know what God is doing at all times. I hear them all the time, but it's, it's hard to record everything. So... We need to know that God is continually moving, but it's God's faithfulness. When we are faithful to him, he is continually faithful to us. And one of the coolest parts of the summer small group season 
is, um, well, I'll share that in just a second. But we will offer support and encouragement to each other through our small group time. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We carry each other's burdens. One of the things, again, we train our small group leaders in, when one of our small group members is having a hard time, or some sort of emergency is happening, we teach the small group leader to rally around you. Whatever it is you have going on, they need to be the voice for the group. And, and we don't joke around when we say, we believe that our small group leaders are pastoral in nature. They are shepherds. They, they mostly have the gift of shepherding. And we believe that that is the mantle that they are taking. So they are the voice for your group. They are the ones that are bringing up the things that you are going through. They are going to be there for you at all times. We want to fulfill that. And the importance of a small group, it's incredibly important to have a smaller group of people around you so that there is a way for someone else to know what's going on in your life. Uh, If you have 125 or 130 people going around, it's hard for one or two people to know exactly what everyone, everyone has going on in their life. But when you shrink that down into a smaller group, then it's easier for our small group leaders to keep up with you and pray for you and, and keep, in, keep in conversation with you and love you the way that you need to be loved, the way that you need and deserve to be pastored. And so that's why we structure it this way. And then the last part that I wanna share today is that our small groups don't have walls. Probably the best part of the summer small group season is that it ends with our annual serve day. So we bring all the small group leaders. We ask everybody in the entire church to get involved with serve day. And that's an opportunity where we, we've just met last week and we've put eight projects together where we're going to go all over our community and bless people all over the community in different ways. And so when our small groups come together at the end of the semester, these are things you can be talking about in your small group time, inviting more people to be in serve day. We don't care if you go to our church or not. I would love it if other churches would get involved with our serve day and do things all over this community. And so we have projects. uh, We're trying to get something to do with the schools. We've got um, firefighters and and police officers that we're trying to serve, and we've got all kinds of things that we're trying to do. Our, Our foster parents, foster kids, we're doing all kinds of things, and we need as many people as possible to jump in and join us in that. And so that's the cool part. It's literally the Saturday after our last small group session, we have our serve day, and we want you to be involved in that too. Matthew five fourteen through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The impact of a small group on a larger community is, or on the, on the community at large, is incredible. You, you will never know what you can do until you do it. You can jump in and be a part of Serve Day with your small group, Invite your small group to be a part of Serve Day, and you can change people's lives. That You can change their thought about church and God just in a moment by mowing their lawn. It will blow people away when you show up. 
you can be the light of the world. Jesus has put a lamp inside of you to be the light of the world and to take his message to people who are far from him. And so I want to invite you to jump in today, to jump into a small group, to really know how important authentic relationships are. It's so important that your life literally hinges on it. Your, your life, your family's life, your kids' lives. It's so important to be in authentic relationship with other people. It's so important to be praying with other people. It's so important to be studying God's word with other people, to be supported and to support other people. God asks us to do this. I wanna share a story uh, with you today. Uh, it's a lady I don't know, a, a woman named Sarah who had been, in, she had been attending her local church for several, several years, felt disconnected. Some of you probably may feel that way right now. And lonely within hers was a large congregation. She longed for deeper relationship. She wanted authentic community. So she, she decided to join a small group. The small group consisted of about 10 people who meet regularly to study the Bible, pray and support one another in their faith journey. So from the moment Sarah joined, she felt welcomed and embraced by the group. Maybe you're feeling today that if you join a group, you'll feel like an outcast. Well, I can tell you, you won't. You will not feel that way. They were warm, friendly, and genuinely interested in getting to know her. As the weeks went by, Sarah began to open up about her struggles, her doubts, and her fears. The small group members listened attent attentively, offering words of encouragement, empathy, and prayers. They shared their own stories of faith, their own struggles, trying to relate, provided perspective and guidance. Sarah felt a deep sense of acceptance and love within the small group, which she had never experienced before. When you allow things to get smaller, your life will get larger. Beyond the weekly meetings, the small group members extended their support to, to various aspects of Sarah's life. When she faced a difficult decision, they provided wise counsel. Who doesn't need some of that? And helped her navigate through it. In times of personal crisis, they rallied around her, offering practical help, emotional support, and a shoulder to lean on. The small group became her extended family. We all need a little bit more of that a source of strength and stability. Through the small group's influence, Sarah's faith grew stronger. The members encouraged her to step out of her comfort zone and take on new challenges. They invited her to participate in church outreach programs, which we got some strong outreach programs here, where she discovered her passion for serving others. Sarah's involvement in these activities not only brought her immense joy and fulfillment, but also allowed her to make a positive impact on the lives around her. Moreover, the small group provided Sarah with opportunities for personal growth and spiritual development. They recommended books, insights, studies, all kinds of things that she would have never had if she just came to church and went back home. They explored all sorts of things. Sarah's transformation became evident to everyone around her. Her purpose, her confidence radiated in her interactions with others. She became actively involved in church ministries, reaching out to new people, creating welcoming environments for them. She just changed. She was a Christian. She was going to heaven, right? That's awesome. But she was changed. 
the transformation that came, the healing that came. And I've seen this in several of you that you've done this. It's amazing. It's profoundly changed through her involvement with a small group, through connections and experiences. Sarah's journey highlights the transformation of what can happen when we give our lives, not only to God, but also to his people and allow ourselves to be in relationship with other people who are on the same trajectory as us. Would you guys stand up as I pray for you today? God, I thank you so much for a church of people who love you. They want you. Their desire is you, Lord. I ask today as you come into this place that you would bless them, Lord, that you would start to speak into their mind about what it is that they need to do next in their life. Speak to them in the the language that they understand. Tell them exactly what it is that you want right now, God. And if there's anyone in here today who's never given your life to Jesus and you're ready for that, you're ready to have it locked in, you're ready to go to heaven, you're ready to, to be in relationship with the one who changes everything. If that's you today, I'm just gonna simply count to three in a moment and have you raise your hand so that I can pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you first. God, I I ask that any person in here today who feels like they're ready to do this, Lord, that they would just take this step in boldness today. So I'm just gonna count to three. One, two, three. Just raise your hand up. Thank you, I see your hands. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. We're going to pray for you now. And if the whole church could join me in praying this prayer as just a dedication to Jesus today. God, I give you my life. I surrender my will. I confess that you're my king. And I repent of all my sins. I want to make you everything. I love you, Jesus. In your name. Hey guys, would you celebrate with those who raised their hand? We are so excited for you, and this is not the end for you. This is the very first step, and I believe that God is doing something in your heart right now. If you did raise your hand, or if you made that decision and did not raise your hand, would you fill out your connection card for me? That is a huge help for me so that I can give you some information that you need right now. Fill that out and stick it in the box on your way out. Um, Today, again, rally day is happening. Sign up for small groups, walk around, talk with people, get to know what's going on in their small group. Right now, we're gonna go back into worship and worship our God with everything that we have.
joy on me, lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song.